Good day, friends out there of Uncommon Podcast. We are so happy today. We are actually not in the treehouse. Not in the treehouse. We're in normal sized chairs, stools. We, stools. And we are, it's just, this is the most beautiful podcast episode we've had. So we're starting our video. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for watching. If this gets out, this is going to happen right here. And we are here at the Ford Fitness Studios with our guest, Stephanie. And you're going to hear more about that. But I also wanted to point out that today's podcast is brought to us by Bambucha. Yes, and I'm I'm sipping the hibiscus rose, and I I want to say it's great. I really have good. mango masala, and it's pretty spicy. spicy. The blueberry spicy. tart we're sold out, but that is the best the one. The best the one. blueberry tart. Next time we're yep. gonna be drinking blueberry tart, and this is episode eleven of the Uncommon Cast. So thank you for joining us out there, and we are excited today to not only be in this super cool space with our super cool friend but also have a great conversation about what is spiritual and does the space matter. That's right. So when we first started kind of dreaming about this idea of, um, yeah, spiritual spaces, sacred spaces, um, and how kind of in our culture we, we think that certain spaces are think places that we can connect with God, and then there's kind of the rest of our lives <laughs> that we go grocery shopping and eat at IHOP if that's something that we do. but um, And those are not places that we connect with God. But um, I work out at Forward. I've been here for, I think, three years. Um, I'm bad at time. But um, this space, to me, is like this really cool um, overlap of, of sacred spaces that you wouldn't, that you think are going to be not sacred, right? So the word that we use in Christian culture for not sacred, quote unquote, is this word secular, which we don't ever use that any other space except for in the church. So we try not to use it here. But um, a workout studio is not somewhere that you would necessarily consider sacred. And yet anybody who works out here knows that there is something um, bigger that happens at forward, something more than just like, I'm going to, um, you know, get my heart rate up. So I want to introduce Stephanie, and she's the founder of Forward, and I want to have her kind of just explain to us what Forward is all about, and then we'll dive in and ask more questions. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored that you guys invited me. Um, So Forward, in a nutshell, it's a bar and fitness studio, and we specialize in group fitness classes. Uh, We have childcare and just a variety of class formats so that you know, wherever you are on your fitness journey, we, um, you know, can help you move forward on your wellness path. So we, from the beginner to a seasoned practitioner, um, we have a spot for everyone. And yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. We've been open, um, we rebranded in September, but we've been here for seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. And yeah. For us unsavvy folk over here, when I hear that Ford Fitness is a bar, I have a totally different picture than what you mean by bar. So what is that bar that fits with fitness? So bar fitness, um, we use a ballet bar, but a lot of us actually have no ballet experience or dance experience. Cody (laughs) does. Let's see it afterwards in that room. Oh, yeah. 4.30 class. Um, So we have... um, yeah, it's just it's a very safe, effective workout routine with the ballet bar. It's all low impact exercises, and we have women like from high school all the way up into their seventies in the studio. So really, the yeah. whole gamut. Um, a lot of mother daughters like we'll work out together. Um, that's always neat to watch and witness. 
And a couple husbands we have too, as members too, that will come with their wives. Yeah. And it's rehabilitated, you know, it's very um, low risk of injury, the bar classes are. And then in addition, also, if people are looking for more and higher intense stuff, we have the cardio sculpt and interval classes as well. Awesome. That's cool. I did not know that, that guys were here. That's yeah. few. There are a few. That's awesome. my husband, I feel, yes. feel challenged. You should, I, feel I like told a, you guys before that you should come, and I told I know, you that there I were men. I thought they have childcare, dude. all women. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that stay-at-home dad life and come and, <laughs> and do bar stuff. <laughs> I'm going to consider it. <laughs> going to a diff- <laughs> different bar than me. <laughs> so all of that being said, um, I want to kind of hear your vision, right? For what it is that you want people who come here, what do you want them to feel? Either when they walk in the door or when they leave, how do you want that person to feel? I want people to leave, you know, feeling... I mean, in a better state than when they walked in. Mm-hmm. I think all of us lead such busy lives and this is their time to connect with themselves, to tune into their body, um, to breathe. It's not just a physical practice. Um, and that they leave feeling refreshed, feeling grounded, um, connected, and then just ready to take on whatever is laying ahead of them for the rest of the day. That's awesome. And I, I know that the women that come here, like they... The, the space is super important to them. Like there's more that happens here than just working out. And I love when we were talking earlier, Cody was kind of listening in on your answer when I was kind of, we were going over these questions. And what did you say, Cody? Oh, I, I just said that because you had mentioned also like when people come in, you want them to feel like they immediately belong and that they have a space here. And everything that you just said just now and, and what you said earlier, if we asked a pastor or somebody who works in a church what they would want somebody to say when they come in and when they leave. You said exactly what a pastor would say. It's like uncanny. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, a sense of belonging, connectedness, feeling supported, um, a chance to like tune in to what's going on, like the deeper things in your life that often we don't have space for. Leaving in a better state than which you came and ready to go into your day with a better perspective. Mm -hmm. Like all, all of that. Let me strive for it. Yeah, one of the things that we talk about is like your path, your pace. And so going back to like that belonging piece is I never want anyone to walk through our doors and feel like they don't belong or that they're lacking or that they're mm-hmm. not good enough. And so throughout class, um, we just try to, you know, we try to encourage everyone to work at their own pace, mm-hmm. you know, take modifications, do what you need to do, like maybe close your eyes. And if you feel influenced by what anyone else in the room is doing, that's where we encourage everyone to close their eyes and just kind of say, you know, tune into what your body's telling you. Let your mm-hmm. body give you the cues of what you need to do in a certain exercise or pose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. This just occurred to me, but like some of the hurdles that you are trying to overcome with forward in like the fitness space, as far as not hoping that nobody feels like they don't belong based on their physical fitness level, right? Or um, hoping that nobody feels bad about themselves based on the decisions they've made or, um, you know, their their health choices in the past. Um, just trying to create a space that there's like, there's like an even playing field, no matter where you are in your journey, you belong. Like literally we say, like that is why we started Uncommon Good totally. in the spiritual realm to create a space for people, no matter their experience with spirituality in the past, no matter where they are in their journey, that, um, 
there's a space that they can belong here. And we actually have um, no expectation of them. Like sometimes you find in churches or even with Christian friends, like there's an expectation of you're starting here at point A. And in three weeks, I expect you to be at point B on your spiritual journey and then at point C. And that's probably really common in the fitness world too. Like we have these goals that we need you to be reaching. And we have intentionally tried to like squeeze all of that out of uncommon good so that there's, it's like you belong no matter what. Right. No matter where you are on your path. That's funny. Well, it's funny about that too is oftentimes spiritual spaces that are designated spiritual spaces are some of the most divisive or exclusive because people come in already saying, I'm into a, a certain set of beliefs, which is other word for that is doctrine, right? I'm in for this doctrine, not that doctrine, so I'm here, or I'm in for this system or institution, which is religion, and, and that's why I'm already pre prescribed to this, which describes everyone else right. around rather than, than a pure place of join us in the journey, wherever you're at. And the, that, that's so good. More inclusive versus exclusive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you had talked earlier about, um, the instructors bringing a message, mm-hmm. you know, and people leaving with a message. Talk a little bit about what you meant by yeah. that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that we don't want to be just a gym. Like I don't want to just be this physical, uh, just a fitness class. Um, from the moment you walk in, um, you know, you feel the connection between staff members, community members, and then in class, there's always a, a, a mantra, an intention, an invitation for intention. So at the beginning of class, we might encourage you guys to focus on your breath, to close your eyes, and just to tune into what your body needs. What do you need from that day? And then sometimes the teacher will say, you know, some kind of um, invitation, like today might be, um, let's see like be okay with discomfort, like find the comfort in discomfort might be like one message or you can do hard things. And then you will try to connect with that throughout class. And the teacher might, you know, bring it back throughout class and maybe during challenging parts and then leave with that message too. Like how do you practice and how do you weave that throughout your day? Whether you're parenting, whether you're going to work and you're like, okay, yes, I can parent. I can do hard things. Like you just, you know, like you have more patience and you can just make better, better decisions. Um, yeah. Love we that. we Love need that. to chart those for future episodes <laughs> or Seriously. talks about I can do hard things and to find the comfort and discomfort because yeah. that is so such good. a meaning of life too. Yeah. Oh, another one on that that Aaron always does is um, discomfort is where the change happens. Totally. So freaking true and awful. Totally. Totally. <laughs> it's how it's the going back to the the word forward too. Um, I should have said this earlier, but yes, you forward is the idea that you're constantly growing and moving forward on your wellness path, wherever you're at. It doesn't matter, you know, if your starting points here versus here, but that doesn't matter what pace you're going, but you're always moving forward. You're growing, um, Mm -hmm. but at your own pace. Mm -hmm. So coming back to this whole thing, we, as humans, we, we compartmentalize everything. I think part of it is just to navigate in this world. We, we need words and we need definitions. And, um, part of that compartmentalization is we say, this is work, this is home, this is recreation, this is working out, this is that. But then we also come to this place where we go, well, this is secular, this is work, and then, but this is sacred, or this space is spiritual. And what we've been navigating around this whole time and going to is that we, uh, it's better to come to an understanding that 
all is spiritual, all is sacred. And we know that um, you've had a, uh, a spiritual background yourself. And I know, Don, you had a question with, for Stephanie about yeah. that. Yeah. So... Part of what was intriguing to me, and we had actually never talked about like your spiritual background really until today, um, but I knew from my kind of background in ministry that you were creating a space here that um, was a place where people connect with the divine, where people connect with themselves, with one another, with what's bigger than them in this world. And maybe you had been doing that without realizing that it was a spiritual practice, that you were inviting people into a spiritual space. And so I was just wondering if you would be willing to share what your spiritual background and what your spiritual journey or your path on this thing called spirituality has been like. Yeah. I mean, my background, um, I grew up Catholic. Both my parents were Catholic. And I think my last big thing was the, the having a first communion. But since then, I haven't been back to church. And I've, we've been back to church a few times like, as a family, yeah, um, especially like my niece's first communion. I just, I find it hard sometimes when I go that I don't feel like a lot of it resonates with me. Um, and sometimes probably it's with my kids. So it's just challenging. But I do find myself like going to some of the Uncommon Good events or like I've heard, you know, I know the past, you know, Scott Schimmel come mm-hmm. and speak. And I just feel like that is like a special, like a time in my, like on our weekend, our busy weekends that I'm like, nope, this is dedicated time to spend with family, to connect. And I always leave with a really positive message. Like, again, kind of similar, like where I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on this week. Mm-hmm. Or, and I always, it just seems like I always come out with a, yeah, a good positive message to like lead my life in a better way. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I, I just find it super intriguing, right? That you, um, we kind of have this overlapping path of, um, what you're accomplishing with Ford and what we're accomplishing with uncommon good and that you're on this spiritual journey. Um, and that you haven't like really been connected with the church. That hasn't been something that has been super meaningful to you. And yet you're finding these ways to connect with, um, a kind of a bigger spirituality, um, as opposed to like a religious institution, perhaps. I think that's awesome. It also, it sparks me. And I, I told you this earlier, I, I referred to this earlier when we were all talking, but sometimes, sometimes we can be surprised by how living and dynamic ancient scripture is. And, um, there was a passage that I referred to earlier when we were talking about realizing that in this space that you've created not only a place where you you get to connect with a more holistic understanding of physical and spiritual and and living fully alive in connection with the divine but you get to give that to other people right and yet it's not it's not a brick and mortar church where we would define or call it like this is where you go for an hour on sunday but but we were telling you that this is every bit as sacred and and spiritual as those designated church places in our community and it all reminded me of this passage, and that's where scripture is so alive and dynamic. Jesus has this interaction um, with, it's called the woman at the well, or Jesus meets the Samaritan woman. And, Who, side note, was certainly not welcome in any religious institution, <laughs> Jewish religious institution. Right, at all. And so in that time, that was her place that mm-hmm. people have said, that's where you go connect with God, and she was not included or welcome. So she probably felt like her life as a whole was not connecting with God. And so Jesus then goes up, meets her at the well, 
and he just peers into her life and he like knows things about her life that no one knew. And she goes, okay, well, obviously you're a special person. Um, you're either a prophet or something. And, uh, and that's where she then goes, okay, I'm just going to read it to you. Um, she goes, sir, the woman said after Jesus looked into her life and goes, well, you know, that's, that's not really your husband, is it? So she goes, you know something about me. This is crazy. I don't know if it's magic or voodoo or whatever you got going on. But she goes, sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Now, what I know is our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you, you Jews, you spiritual ones came, um, claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So she's thinking, I, this was spiritual for my ancestors, but now you're saying that place is spiritual, right? And if I'm not there, then I'm not included in connection with God. So Jesus goes, woman, (laughs) love that woman. Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, God, the creator, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. So neither this space or, or that space. He says, there is a time coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father, the Creator, in, in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father God seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And side note, in between the lines of Jesus, he's going, look, the space nor the place does not matter. It's where your heart is in connection with the God that made you. And that's what happens here, and it breaks it breaks our compartmentalization of what is spiritual and what is what is sacred and what is secular and what is, you know, where do we connect with God and where we don't. It's right. everywhere all the time. Well, and the thing that I think is, I love that you drew that scripture out because um, we do compartmentalize and we think here's where I can go for my dose of religion, my dose of spirituality, whatever that looks like, whether it's your hour of meditation, whether it's going to church, whether, you know, whatever that brand of spirituality looks like for you, it's probably connected to a space or certain practices. And what Jesus is saying is like, um, actually it's not here or there. Like you can connect with God anywhere, which means anything can be sacred. Any place can be sacred. And the thing that takes something from secular, not considered sacred to something that's sacred is just a little bit of intention, right? There's like this perspective shift of I'm going to take something that was ordinary and I'm going to put a little bit of intention around it. And suddenly this thing now um, carries more weight. Suddenly this thing allows me to connect with God. I was going to do this thing anyways. (laughs) I was just going to do it in a way that didn't connect me with God. Now um, I've put some intention around it and it helps me connect with God. And so before we dive into what some of those things might be in our regular life, I wanted to hear some of your intention around how you help people feel um, connected and supported and like they belong. Like, what are some of your intentional things that you do around creating that that sense, that feeling it forward? I think the big thing um, is we put our clients at the cornerstone of like every decision we make, and. I mean, there are, it's like our family, like a lot of them are very close friends and, um, I'm, you know, they've been here. Oh my gosh. Why am I getting emotional? (laughs) Um, five, you know, five, seven years. And so I, yeah, I care about them and their families greatly. And 
So from the, from this moment they walk in, I want them greeted, um, you know, from our mem- like our other staff members and there's childcare. So I have two little kids, five and two. And so I know how important it is to have that time for yourself. And you're just, you know, you operate as a better mother. Um, if you have that time for yourself. So from childcare and then in the studio, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's just that having, being open to all levels and making everyone feel successful yet, you know, you're challenged in class, but successful. And then leaving with that positive message. Um, and then from this area too, I think a lot of times people question like what this area is about. So explain what we're, explain where we're sitting In this right area. Now. So my vision, when I, we created this, my husband actually built this for us. Um, go for Mike. the studio. Oh yeah, go Mike. And before the desk was this way and I saw this windowsill and it was like just a bunch of stuff. It was not being utilized. And so I was like, let's move the desk over there. And I really wanted an area to connect um, and so we, he did this full table for us. He did all that. And then the oh, plants, good. we need to hire Mike to make one of these. He has, we have a lot of extra ones actually. Okay. So yes, at our house, but he, yeah, it's just an area to connect. I think when we feel, um, when you feel supported, like that was another big feeling. Like I want everyone to feel supported when they walk through our doors. Um, and when they walk out of class and when you feel connected and supported, um, on your journey, I think you thrive, like you move forward on your path mm-hmm. and, um, you excel, you know, inside these walls, but also outside these walls. And so this is hopefully that space where you can, not many people use it, I think, but like coffee and like tea and a lot of it's like staff right now, but we, you know, we I want you to stay here and like hang out before and after class. Oh, so good. And you also create opportunities for people to connect outside of forward. Yes. So talk a little bit about yeah. that. So we also do, I love event. I'm always been like an event planner. I was like social, you know, um, social, what is it? Social chair in college. <laughs> um, I, so we do a lot of events, every, probably one every month or every other month. Um, so for example, right now we have a wonderful partnership with Ranch Bernardo Inn and we're doing a summer sculpt series. So every Thursday night and our, like we align. So their whole thing is too, is like, we want more of our community coming to our space too. And so Thursday nights, we're doing a sunset class on their pool deck and they've been really great. And then we afterwards, we stayed till 10 30 at night from like a 6 30 class. And it was like all of like a lot of our members, but it was so fun. Like we did class from 6 30, 7 15 and then 7 to 10. It was a lot of eating and drinking and enjoying each other's like company. It was like, we're so big fun. fans of eating and drinking yes. over here. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was a lot of rosé. <laughs> and, um, did you bust out your Enneagram bug on that night? Oh yes. Yeah. Well, no, that was a different idea. <laughs> All the different types. That's the next one. Next RBN event. <laughs> next July. <laughs> July 11th. Um, so we, and then another example is like the retreats that we do. We try to do those once or twice a year. And that's just another time, like just to get um, away from your daily routines. And we'll do them in Mexico. We've done Ojai. We've done Mexico. I'm working one on Sedona. And it's usually you know, three nights, um, three to four days of just moving, you know, meditating, um, connecting with everyone else in our community and just enjoying each other's time, you know, enjoying each other's company and, um, making friends and yeah, it's really an amazing experience, I think. Yeah. And what, one of the things I love about what you just described is again, it's one of those ways in which there's so much alignment with what you're doing and what we're doing and that intentionality of going out into the community and taking what's good from what you're doing in your space and bringing it out making partnerships with other organizations in the community and building, I'm using the word community a lot, but building community with the people uh, that are not only a part of your studio, but 
people who have may have never set foot in your studio and they're like, oh, what's this going on at Rancho Bernardo? Uh, is Bernardo in? Rancho Bernardo in, yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. And I also want to say, like, I think one of the greatest the litmus test of have you just put on an event, um, whether, whether, it's, whether it's a workout, whether it's sculpting, sculpting or whether it's church for an hour or whether it's a business event, the greatest litmus test of have you created something more than an event is how long people hang out and connect afterwards, <laughs> right? And so if you created not only this space, but, but at your events and people go to a six o'clock thing, but they're there till 1030 and they don't want it to stop and you're breaking rules, like we break rules with our, our wineries that we're supposed to shut down at this time, but everyone stays and hangs out. Or in, in church spaces around the community, people hang out for an hour or two hours after because they just want to be together. That is the litmus test of, of great community, and you've mm-hmm. obviously done it and are doing it. Mm-hmm. And that is such a gift for people that may be struggling with feelings of isolation at times or they don't fit, but then all of a sudden a group of strangers that have something in common become family. And that Mm -hmm. is an amazing spiritual thing. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I want to take a minute, um, as we wrap up to talk about what are some things, cause we're going to have a wine and words on July 7th and we're going to tackle this topic of um, sacred spaces and kind of dig into some of this a little bit more, but what are some things that we could be doing? Maybe two things. Um, that would turn something that might be considered ordinary, like a workout studio, um, or a kitchen table or, you know, shopping at the grocery store. Um, what's some intention we could put around a few of those things that would help us make the shift, help us to start seeing things, um, in a more full holistic, you know, in a better picture. Thoughts, anybody? You're saying within these four walls or outside these four Anywhere. Walls? Even it, you could give a tip on like what's something that people could do at forward. And then we could give a tip about like, yeah. here's something to do in other spaces. Um, I mean, a lot of it, like we kind of talked about earlier was just like the connection with yourself and just giving yourself that time. I think, I mean, a lot of us lead such busy lives where we have kids and it's just the having that carving out that time is so hard. Um, so I think in the studio, for example, like we talked about earlier, the invitation to focus, like actually setting an intention and closing your eyes and just taking that time to tune in. Um, and then personally, just like outside the studio, like for me, uh, I find myself doing it, um, when I'm cooking I know that may be weird or when I'm like, I love that. That's a perfect like, example. For me, I'm like, I kind of, hopefully my kids are like, they're entertained outside. <laughs> let's just assume. And they're like, you know, in a perfect but, world and you're drinking a glass of wine. wine. No one's crying. I have a glass no of wine and no I'm, one's screaming. <laughs> no one is screaming. Yeah. And I'm chopping up, you know, whatever, making dinner, yeah. but it's very like calming to me and I'm able to like connect and I'm just, I don't know, in the zone. Yeah. That's like, perfect. So assuming again, it? there's no two year old screaming at me and everyone's hungry and you know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the unicorn experience, yeah. but um, what's like an intention you could set around that, that would turn something that might be considered ordinary, although you enjoy it, um, and could make it like a sacred moment or something that helps you connect with the divine in that. Um, I mean, I think I just, for me to like take my, like focus on my breath mm-hmm. and I don't know, I get in the flow. I just, it's still my time to connect with myself and what do I need? What do I need? Like, what's my, what am I feeling? I don't know. Yeah. I love it. That's perfect. I, I thought of one. It, t- it ties in. I think, I think this um, intentionally awakening 
to God's presence in those moments is actually a challenge from Jesus where, where he, he refers to vine and branches, right? You're the branches. I'm the vine. Remain in me is his challenge. And some other translations say it, abide, abide in me. Um, that remain in me is just being awakened to the connection we have with God all the time. But so many times we need, um, we need indicators, we need sparks, we need reminders. So for me, whether it's a post-it note, sometimes I've challenged so many people to put a post-it note in their car that has maybe some cool verse that, that when we get caught in the, um, the rat race, the speed, the busyness of every day, you just look down, you see one verse that reminds you that God is with you and that even this moment in the rush of all things with kids screaming at you, God's even right there with, with you, <laughs> even with, oh. right, totally. that even in the mess and the noise of life, an indicator, a reminder that God is with you in that moment and that what you're doing right now is just as spiritual as it is business. Like those are good things, whether post-it notes, bracelets, I don't know. What else? What sparks you guys? What reminds you guys to remain connected? Well, mine, it's a little bit more of a thousand foot view kind of thing and and that the understanding that God created everything for me it's it's thinking about okay well God created this earth and he created us in his image and we get to inhabit this thing that he created and if you look around even in this building that was created by human beings and is is not necessarily doesn't it didn't grow out of the ground like a tree but the materials that are made, you look around, like that, developing that discipline of like, hey, there's, look at that coffee mug. Um, somebody made that. Somebody designed that. A person designed that. Uh, somebody gathered the materials for it. And somebody actually physically put it into the, the kiln to be fired and, and created. And maybe they put it on, a, on an assembly line to be created. Who knows? But the interconnectedness of all things and this, this kind of like we've talked about it in the past of like the economy that God has created of the world. And that's a little bit more of a thousand foot view. But what it does for me is that I get to go into Starbucks and I get to look at the barista and I look, get to look at her face and I, I get to see she was made in the image of God. Her name was Donna this morning. Donna. I get to look Donna in the face, ask for my drink and, and remember that she was created in the image of God. God loves her. And she's going to go make my drink, and she's going to use materials that, that came out of this natural world that God created. And there's so many interconnected pieces of how all that stuff got there. It's kind of mind-blowing to me, and it's probably way too big of an answer <laughs> than <laughs> no, what you're looking is. for. But it, it's so, it, everything's connected to me. Well, I've heard so many people refer to that, and I think that the small way to shrink that down is that beauty, nature, and design can be reminders of us, of the God that's behind it, behind mm-hmm. it all. Um, and then immediately we go, we see something beautiful. We see amazing design. We see in nature the sunset or a mountain, and we go, God, thank you. And all of a sudden, that moment that was just life becomes deeply spiritual. So mine is like really not as pretty as what Cody just said. <laughs> Um, cause I, I felt was like thinking, mine was so rambly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I was thinking of like, what's like something that I squarely have placed in the secular realm and like, what could I do to shift my thinking? And so I was thinking about laundry cause I, ugh, I hate laundry. It makes me make a lot of noise. Sounds like you had a hairball though. 
And um, it was just the laundry. There's friggin' always laundry. Like I can do all the friggin' laundry, and then there is more friggin' laundry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really it's upsetting. Thing. And so, is this the clean pile or the dirty pile? Nobody knows. They've all been sitting there for weeks, good. and they're intermingled now. I just have to watch you can them. You can wear all. it again. Yes, totally. So I was like, okay, um, what could I do to help me shift my thinking around laundry? Or like, I have to do laundry. It it, ha- it has to happen at some point when we all run out of underwear. It needs I got to do it right, or go to Target to buy new ones, which everybody judged me for. And I want to say. I'm not the only one who goes to Target to buy underwear instead of doing their laundry. I'm just You're gonna... also not the only one who just shows up to meetings going commando because laundry hasn't been done. I'm not saying that's a circumstance now, but we did have that conversation it at a gathering happen. last night. That it all has happened. So, but like if I could shift, yeah, if I could shift my understanding or even like put an intention around laundry of like, this is an act of care. And so, um, this is an act of self-care. Like I need to do my laundry so that I have things that I like to wear and it's an act of care for my family and I can help me think larger thoughts about like how the things, the ordinary things that God does to take care of me. Um, suddenly, maybe not so suddenly, like, like it's probably going to be a practice because I hate laundry that much, but like it can mm-hmm. start to shift my thinking around this thing that I hate to do, but it's an obligation to be mindful of like, you know, it helps me think more important things than just like, I hate doing freaking laundry. Like I can start to think about how the, the things God does to take care of me and he probably isn't grumbling about it. <laughs> yeah. Love that. So our hope is that this conversation will spark, um, anyone who's listening to all of a sudden wake up that no matter what they're doing, whether it's laundry driving or staring at Donna, the barista in the eyes at Starbucks or, you sculpting, made that creepy. Yeah, you made I know, we're sculpting with a bar. I'm a happily married man. And reconnecting with the ballet background that Cody has um, here at Forward Fitness, that we can turn every moment into an intentional connection with a connection with a God who loved us and designed us to be in community and belonging. And so, Stephanie, great job on creating that here. Thanks for mm-hmm. being with us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored. Yeah, this is super Thank fun. You. And hey, Stephanie, uh, so what are some things that you can leave our listeners with if maybe they've never set foot in your door? What do you want them to know? How can they connect? Social media, all that stuff. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you. Um, Well, we're in Ranch Bernardo. We're at the Plaza Shopping Center, and we're on Instagram. And Don helps us with social media, too. But Instagram, we're on Forward Fitness, F-W-R-D, though, um, fitness. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that's it. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Speaking of social media, um, you can find us, Uncommon Good SD, on all the socials. And uh, you can find us on YouTube, Uncommon Good. I think we're SD on there. But um, go to our website also uh, to find information about events, Uncommon Good. Upcoming soon events. Come join us. Yes, there's lots of things happening this summer uh, with Uncommon Good. So uncommongoodsd.com slash events. You can see all the list of the things coming up this summer. This weekend, we have Wine and Words on July 7th at Espinosa Winery. And we'll be talking about this. And we'll probably be talking about this a little bit more in our podcast this month. Because this is good stuff. It's really Right? Make it a spiritual summer and live life. Thanks for joining us all. All right. Peace out, y'all.